Well, welcome, Faith family, to our uh, sermon discussion. Uh, I'm glad to be back. It's been yeah. three Sundays <laughs> since back. I've been here. And uh, I was just telling these, these guys that it's just something about being here in person. I understand that there are times when we, we can't, and I'm so thankful that we have the ability to, to watch this on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Facebook or whatever, but yes. there's something about being here today. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about being here. I'm excited about our questions. I'm excited about the sermon. Uh, so let's just jump right in. Yeah. Uh, let's just start with you. How did today's sermon bless you? Yeah, I, th there are a lot of things. I was trying to narrow it down. Um, uh, w one of the things that most clearly I think, resonated with me when Kyle gave the, the analogy, either he got or, or he created that um, God listens to our prayers not with not with earbuds, but with steth with a stethoscope, yeah. mm -hmm. and that, that's just a helpful picture for me. Um, I I say I know that you know it's a lot of like just coming and attending and being in church. It, it's just being reminded of truths that we all already know. But um, that that was just a helpful. It was, it was convicting and it was encouraging. Like the Lord knows yeah. my heart. Uh, he knows that without Christ, I stand before him guilty, condemned. But when I come before him in, in worship, the fact that he, he does hear my heart, it is encouraging. And it's also convicting because I can be singing really just beautiful songs to the Lord, truthful, uh, just, just incredibly deep doctrinal truths to the Lord. And, and my, my heart is just... I'm thinking about some other random Daydream, thing yeah, yeah. that just pops into my mind that I don't really want to be thinking about, but I, but I am. And I'm thankful and convicted. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I experienced that a lot in this sermon. I, I'm very thankful and encouraged and also convicted. Yeah. 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 yeah um, I, I love the last line of, of the sermon. It was, it's funny because usually right around the last line is when I get up and I start walking yeah. up to get here and he said it and I had to like pull out my pad and I was like walking and trying <laughs> yeah. to, trying to type this down. But he said, uh, Jesus died to make worship possible. Mm. That's just an interesting way of saying, I, I never heard it said quite exactly mm. that way before. And, and earlier in the sermon, Kyle talked about um, non-Christians and how it is impossible to worship God uh, with an unrepentant heart that even that the worship of a non-believer, it's just them stacking coals yep. on their head. So I kind of left with that, that, uh, um, that thought. It is, it is irreverent in and of itself to, to sing songs or to, to listen to a sermon and try to you know, soak in some sort of spiritual message um, mm. with an unrepentant heart. That in and of itself is, uh, it can't be worship. It will never be worship when you, when you don't know Christ. I just thought that was a really interesting way to, mm. to say that. Yeah, it, it, I think for me personally, too, other than the fact I'm just excited about being back, <laughs> but refocus what's important about worship to me or to God, excuse me, what to refocus myself back on what is what, how God views worship, uh, because I am very susceptible to what I misspoke just a second ago to make it about me, some type of, it's how I feel, that type of thing. And, and we're, I'm not divorcing feelings from, from worship necessarily. But there's a proper way uh, to come um, into the presence of a holy, holy God. Uh, th th that's, that's important uh, to me. So that was just, uh, I think that's how it blessed me. But that leads us into our next question. And I know to, 
kind of, I'm not trying to rehash the whole sermon, but why is it important to understand what true worship is? Um, why, why was it important for Kyle to spend today uh, talking about <clears throat> worship in general, uh, this maybe specifically from Solomon's point of view, but in a biblical, godly way. Why is that important? Yeah, I, and there, there's so many avenues of, of yeah. approach for, for answering that. Uh, but, but I think it, it gets back to just who, who we were created to be. We're, we're created in the image of God. We're mm-hmm. created to be like him, to reflect who God is. And that just necessarily means that we are worshiping beings. Like, I, I can't help but worship. Like, I'm going to be worshiping something. Yes. Some, so many people categorize worship as a religious activity, and, and it's just not. Uh, it, it is a human being activity. Uh, so some of those worshipful people are, they haven't been to church in decades because they, they are more angry and upset now more than ever that they can't go to their favorite sports games or whatever the case may be. They're, they're lifting their hands during you know the the marching band songs like yeah. they are lifting their hands in worship like we we are just worshiping beings and so it's it's helpful to and, and necessary to understand true worship because we need to know like what what is it that i should be worshiping if if all of who i am is a worshiping being then what should i be doing right <laughs> and and i think that the scriptures are the only it's the only place we have the answer for that yeah so yeah one of the things that we've, we've talked about a lot here, and we did a whole panel um, uh, back in March or April on, on worship, but we, we look at worship as revelation and response. Mm-hmm. Um, so every, every act of worship is a response to something that God has revealed about himself. So when we're singing, we're singing truths uh, uh, about God, things that we learn from Scripture typically. And then, you know, other forms of worship. I always uh, talk about the first time I, I overlooked uh, a canyon. And, you know, that is in and of itself God uh, revealing something about his creativity and his vastness and his greatness. Uh, and then just the, the, those feelings of awe. You don't even have to sing or start, you know, burst into, into tears or anything like that. But, but acknowledging, um, acknowledging God's uh, greatness in those moments is is worship. Right. And if you don't understand worship as, as revelation and response, uh, you're bound to make it about yourself. Yeah. Or like yeah. you said, you're bound to, <clears throat> we're worshiping beings. You're going to find something else to worship. Uh, and it's going to be something that, that uh, usually will destroy you, something that, mm-hmm. you, uh, that your carnal heart uh, mm-hmm. will, will go for as opposed to um, a, a changed heart that, that Christ can only give. I'm going to read a quote from R.C. Sproul. He says, The very heart of worship, as the Bible makes clear, is the business of expressing from the depths of our spirit the highest possible honor we can offer before God. And I'll be real honest to you because this will lead us into our final question. Um, uh, the reason I quote R.C. Sproul, it's, 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 he was the person who was most influential to me to understand what true worship really is. And the first part of that is understanding the, whose presence I'm coming into. Mm-hmm. When I have a high view of who God is, when I 
at least the best that my little brain can understand in the holiness of what holiness means and that I step in the presence of a holy God in worship, that that puts me in my right place and elevates God. Mm, yes. So that's important because in my personal life, as, as we'll go through this here, maybe in our next question, I think I, I didn't always do that. It was more based on uh, feeling or the exaltation of myself, and that's not what worship is, and that's a danger that we can get into. Mm. So that, that, that brings me to my final question. Um, in the, in the mid-90s, we began to see what's called a seeker-sensitive type of church. And at the beginning of Kyle's sermon, he goes through all these, the rodeo, the gun giveaway, which got my attention, uh, just these gimmicks. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of those churches would call themselves seeker-sensitive. Now, the definition being that they, they truly, I believe that in most cases, they truly wanted to get the lost into the church mm-hmm. to, to learn to worship, to, you know, to, to hear the gospel or whatever. But we've seen some problems with seeker-sensitive church, a lot of problems. Uh, so my question is, what are some of those type of problems, these gimmicky type of problems um, that... How is that contrary to what true worship is, I guess? Yeah, I, <clears throat> and Kyle touched on this a lot in the, the beginning of the sermon. It was, it was really helpful. Um, I think a, a question that's maybe, yeah, you know, it, it's just going to be offensive, but like a question to ask in the, some of those secret type movements is like, what, what Christ are you bringing people to? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that seems to be the, the biggest um, or at least the most helpful question for me when I'm, when I'm thinking about, like, why is it that we're doing what we're doing? Uh, because I've, I've met plenty of people who they grew up in some sort of church program, like Awanas or, right. or a, a group for um, uh, boys, like Royal Ambassadors or something right. our, our mm-hmm. church did way back in the day. And, mm-hmm. and some of these things were just, it wasn't a gimmick. It was like, hey, right. you don't have anything going on? Like, come to church with me. And right. I'm like, and, and it brought people in, and so some people will say about some of the seeker-friendly stuff, like, "But that's like that's the thing that got me saved." Yes. Uh-huh. And now you're saying that that's not important. So when some people say, like, "Well, what, why don't you have?" Like Kyle mentioned this, like, "Why don't you have a choir?" And I'm like, man, I've I've met people who are like, "That's how they got saved." Like mm. coming up in. Maybe the question should have been like, "Maybe we shouldn't have had you sing in the choir if you're not even a Christian. You don't even believe this right, stuff, right?" right. But like they got involved and then they heard the gospel and then they got saved. So for them, like they would say a choir is a gospel issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then a lot of those things, when you, when you really examine them, I, I think it goes back to that question, what Christ are you bringing them to? Yeah. It's, you could bring them to a Christ of themselves, a, a Christ that glorifies us right. over glorifying God. Right. And there, there's, like, there's just a very, there's a very fine line, yeah. and, and it's dangerous to to move toward like appeasing and pleasing others mm-hmm. at the at the cost of what well, you're talking about, exalting God for all of who He says that He is. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's uh, in in that movement. I'm sure it's really common to use the ends to justify the means. Very pragmatic. Uh, the, the problem is a lot of like you said, the ends might not be what you really think that they are. They might not know 
the real Jesus. Uh, I, I think one of the things that Kyle said that it really kind of comes down to is he said that um, non-Christians have no desire to worship. And so when you, when you format your, your church by using carnal means to try and pull people in, uh, you have to either justify it by the results or, or with you know, some sort of relativistic argument, you know, try to uh, boil it down into, well, it's, not, it's really not any different than what you're doing. Our light shows and things like that, well, you just, we, just have, we just have five more lights than you, and ours move and turn mm -hmm. different colors and strobe, and there's fog machine. At, at some point, there is a difference. Mm -hmm. like, we can all see that there is, mm -hmm. there is a real difference between uh, what some churches do and what others um, do. Uh, but, but I think the, the, when, when, you, when you finally do get people into the church, and, and what Kyle described, you know, people are showing up to watch a rodeo, right. to watch your past. I'd, I'd come. I would, watch. yeah. <laughs> I'd be right here. Yeah. Um, but you, you either have to do one of two things. You have, to, you have to pull a bait and switch on them. So you pull them in, and, yeah. then, you, and then you give them the real Jesus and then that that'd be offensive to be pulled in. You know, I'm here to watch a rodeo, yeah. and now somebody's preaching to me about how horrible I am. Uh, or you you continue to use carnal means to keep them coming. So you never really end up discipling anybody. You're just trying. You're just pulling in more and more people. And I think I, I don't want to paint with too broad a brush here and say that every megachurch is like this. But I'm sure a lot of megachurches are full of people who. Uh, who, who do not know Jesus, right. and they were pulled in by one thing or another, and it's not always as, as you know wacky as having a rodeo. Right. But you know they like they like the music. I hear that one all the time. They just love the music. The band is really good, uh, you know, and, and you know the, the sermons are, are are great too. And yeah. uh, it's just there's a lot of people in those pews who 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 do not know Jesus. Yeah. So I, I think I'm a little bit more sensitive to that because I found myself embracing that in my mm. past wholeheartedly. Mm. So I understand the, the thought process behind it. But let me tell you what really changed my mind was when I read that no man seeks after God. Mm. In that very definition... Uh, uh, of uh, or that that verse, the definition of seeker sensitive is blown away to begin with. Mm -hmm. Now we do understand that the gospel. Uh, I'm sure Kyle knows every pastor that stands up, faithful pastor, understands that there will be lost. I mean, every Sunday Kyle directs parts mm -hmm. of his sermon to the lost, so he knows that. But it is the gospel that this church is built on. It's not a gimmick in the gospel. And the problem is with us is we tend to want to fiddle around with the gospel, don't we? Mm -hmm. Well, if we do this a little different, if we do that, that'll, that'll bring people in. Mm -hmm. um, let me tell you from, from personal experience, it will bring people in, but it does not change lives. It is the gospel, mm -hmm. not the music, that changes lives. And, and somewhere, along the live, uh, somewhere along the way, We've confused great music with worship. In mm -hmm. fact, that's called the worship part of the, the service. Mm -hmm. So our theology about, the, uh, about the, uh, what worship is, is, is all, can, can get all messed up. I know mine was. Mm -hmm. So although I, I love those people and I, I've been a part of those people, 
I realize now that that's not what's uh, going to change lives. It's yeah. the gospel. Yes. I think it's, it's still important to point out what you said at the beginning. There, there are good intentions Absolutely. behind, you know, I grew up in a church. Uh, I mean, I've been in churches uh, that, that have at various times uh, done some sort of mm-hmm. gimmick or, you know, just th- that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, I was in a puppet team right. when I was a kid. I mean, yeah. that was my youth group yeah. up until I was like 14. I realized like if I wanted friends, I had, I couldn't be <laughs> you know, on a puppet team, but, uh, you know, there are good intentions, but I think it's good for us to, um, to come beside our, our brothers and sisters from other churches and, and try to help them see that this is not, like you said, you're not giving them the gospel. You're giving them some mm-hmm. uh, altered form of the gospel that, that makes them feel a little bit better uh, about coming. Yeah, and the, the, what, what we tend to see is we tend to see it become very pr- pragmatic. Mm-hmm. We begin to see the self-help. And as I say it before, um, I don't need the self-help. I don't need the pragmatism. I need the doctrines of grace constantly mm-hmm. taught to me uh, con- because I, I forget and I, I'm that person that needs to be in service, in a worshipful attitude, um, and, and just pouring out my heart to my God. Well, Faith Family, I appreciate you um, tuning in, watching us today. Uh, I pray that this week that you will spend time meditating on what true worship is. Uh, I was convicted. I know that there are times when I, I'm in a mechanical type of frame of mind. And I just pray that the Lord will bring that to my attention uh, when I get there. And I pray that this is just a blessing to you this week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.